You are listening to the One of Us.net Podcast Network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. And I thought X2 like was a little different than my, I remember. <laughs> you know, I mean, where's Wolverine? Where's Jean Grey? Where, where? Wait, I, I thought this was that Vin Diesel sequel that we were going to get. You know, we had Triple X. Now we just went back to the prequel, just which is just X. Just X. They skipped the two Xs. No one yeah. cares about there double was, X. Was there ever an XX as a rating? Uh, in my head, there is. <laughs> like, this is definitely an XX movie. I've seen XXX, but... Uh, it's like those weird Japanese films that aren't quite softcore and aren't quite porn, but they're yeah. in between. Yeah, uh, Roman like, pornos, I think is what they yeah, call them. Right, yeah. Or, or like, wow, that's at least eight Xs, and that's at least three Xs more than I'm comfortable with. So we're, we're talking about Ty West's film that was a prequel to his film that came out earlier this year, X, starring Mia Goth, uh, and here they go, all right, that was like in the 70s. This is like, oh, well, here's many, many years earlier where we see the origin of Mia Goth's character, both in that film, she played a young person, and she played also spoiler alert. the, the yeah. elderly person living in the house, the person like in her 90s, you know, yeah. a very aged woman in the farmhouse. So you're like, okay, now it's back to the farmhouse, and the farmhouse is all bright and sunny, and everything looks a little bit more modern for the time. You know, it's like cleaner at the very least. And she is a young lady as the character named Pearl. It's 1918. It's the era of the Spanish flu pandemic, the influenza pandemic. So there are ties to modern day as a lot mm. of people are masking up mm. and, you know, people are concerned about Which, the illness. And they also had a world war going on. So we're due for one of those. Soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With, with Bea Goth. She's the farm girl, the farm hand, the mom and the dad, the dad's paralyzed. Uh, you know, it just sits in a chair, can't really move. She has to, they have to feed them. The, the mom is a very strict disciplinarian. Um, they're from Germany originally. So, the mom is feeling weird about the town and how they might think of them because the you know World War One because yeah. they're Huns they're filthy fucking Huns <laughs> right although although the film explores it very little in terms of they, actual reaction to that yeah they it's touch just on it. it's it's just like some texture yeah. Yeah. yeah Pearl was had gotten married to a local you know, wealthier boy who had worked as a farmhand for a while but he came from good stock uh, <laughs> but he went off to, and chose to go off and fight in World War One so she's very concerned about that she rereads and rereads and rereads uh the letters from him it's not long into this film at all though we can tell that despite the very douglas circus type feeling of the the beginning of this because it's all done but score style filming uh, tone everything as if it technicolor with a nicholas rosia soundtrack yeah with this sort of idealized feel to it that something is wrong with pearl (laughs) yeah and there's even moments it's like not quite breaking the fourth wall but her performance 
is rendered in that old style sometimes. Yeah. Like, especially in the opening credits and when she's kind of like fantasizing and dancing, it's done truly in that style. Absolutely. Nothing modern really about it. But before, awesome. before we go any deeper into it, I'm Chris. Joining me is. Uh, <laughs> Are you going to be all I'm right? sorry. <laughs> I am not going to be able to say that. Is there. Do you have a shorter name I could use? <laughs> sorry, I just get choked up. I'm just going to call you uh, Alan. Is that cool? Uh, you know, that'll work. <laughs> And I'm Mark- No, wait, no. I'm Marco. <laughs> Sarah Jane. We're just gonna erase Sarah if that's okay. Sure. That's too long. I'll I'll remember. S- we're just uh, 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 we're just uh, using syllables now. You're k- <laughs> k- and s- <laughs> I really don't know what happened to me. I, f- I feel better now though. So I feel like this movie is one that you don't have to have watched X at all. This was done kind of a, it feels like kind of a whim from everything I've read about. Like Oh, everything was taking place towards the end of the initial first, like, you know, when it felt like things were toning down from COVID. And they're like, we still have money. Like, the studio is confident. Like, hey, what if we just go ahead and do this thing? Yeah, I heard an interview with him a while back where he said, he he was promoting X. And he was like, because they shot it in New Zealand because there was no COVID in New Zealand at the time. So, oh, we get to shoot it. But they had very strict quarantine law so they got there and they had to be i think quarantine for like 20 days or something it was like a long time and while they're like working on the script and other stuff he's working on backstory with mia goth yeah they wrote the it together yeah. and then they started kind of just writing that into a full script rather than just like backstory and then yeah they were there it's like hey we're over here we have the same crew we pared down to the cast a little bit we got the same house it's, like, it's all if, the same sets if i could deliver a second movie for only this much more money can we do it and a24 was like yeah. <laughs> sure. Two for one and a half. Let's yeah. I mean, more bang for your buck. I think X, from what I understand, they had a budget of about a million. So, I mean, I'm sure A24 is like, what's an extra million here or there? Yeah. Right. And I, I suspect that they're actually going to get more bang for their buck off of Pearl than they might off of X, depending on if the other viewers out there like their weirder, more abstract horror films yeah. the way I do. Well, yeah, that's the, <laughs> that's the thing. It's kind of like a good, like a rope dope here. Because X is kind of a more traditional <laughs> horror movie. It's pretty yeah. straightforward. And it's something uh, that I actually loved because it felt like a, a refreshing horror movie. It's like, oh, we're going back to just like trashy horror. It's like porn it's, it's, and gore. It's 70s horror, yeah. but with more stuff than the 70s in the 70s you would have been allowed to do yeah. with the subtext of, yeah. oh, they're all porn actors. You For know? Sure. And there's a little bit but, more of a twist with it with like the pearl clutching of sex in that era of horror movies where this movie's in the like, sex so is cool. Sex yeah. is cool. <laughs> it was a. A refreshing like twist on that take. This is a much it's a weirder and more nuanced. I mean, this is film. like if you took the horror out of this is the story of a young ingenue, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> trying <laughs> to make it and then coming to terms with maybe where their love actually lays. Or it maybe it would have been in a if it was actually a Douglas Sirk film, but it's not. It's a Ty West film and it's a girl who is as as Ty West, the director, said he wanted to make a film that was about the effect when Hollywood started becoming so dominant and such a big force that it started to have on people the way it changed society. And that's a really kind of pretentious thing to say. I'm going to say it, <laughs> but, but nonetheless, you know, that's here. That's definitely a big part of it. And I think that it plays out to an interesting effect. We've seen other films that have explored similar territory. I think of like May and Vampire's Kiss comes to mind as well with a, especially the, the latter with the idea of like people being deeply affected by the things they're seeing on screen here. Pearl's like, I got to get the fuck out of here, which no one could blame her no, for. Yeah. 
And she's like, I love the dancing and the Hollywood stuff I'm saying. I'm going to go to Hollywood and I'm going to be a big star. She has dreams of being a star. There's insinuations that maybe her mother at one point in her life came from a little bit more carefree background. She's got some rather scandalous dresses in her closet, you know, yeah. that there's a question there's about. There's definitely a sense that the mother has made a lot of sacrifices. She moved to this country. You know, she She's wasn't not- particularly accepted by the locals because, of course, it's the war. Her husband has, you know, become basically a child. He's an invalid now. It's not the life she wanted. And you can definitely see that Pearl's like, I don't want this to be my life. We see early on that, okay, she can kill animals without even thinking twice well, about that's it. That's one thing I was going to point out about that I sort of love, because we know from the ex, we know who this is. So there's no mystery here. It's kind of like, oh, we're just watching her story. And from the beginning of this movie, they make it clear, like, she isn't driven crazy or this isn't like, while trauma, she's, she's just like, unbalanced. She's an yeah. unbalanced, like from the beginning. She's got a pet alligator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, like and the like, which also comes into a huge effect into X. But like here, it's like you know, again, you don't have to have watched X. It's more like Easter eggs in this movie for yeah. X. Like there's a point where she's got to go on stage at a point, and there's an X where right she's supposed to stand. There's little yeah. things like that. You're like, okay, these are little like fun nods, but you're not going to gain anything by anyway. So she's got a pet alligator. At one point, she like kills a goose because it annoys her and feeds her to the alligator but this doesn't feel this feels like you're a farm weirdo but you don't feel like necessarily a serial killer but these are these uh, shreds of like little bits of like something seriously wrong with this girl so when she starts confronting people in situations where it's like maybe you don't get to go and do exactly what you want or people are like oh i saw what you did it becomes clear this girl's not afraid to kill people. <laughs> yeah, but she's got enough sense to know that something is wrong with her. She's trying to hide that, and she does feel uncomfortable with the fact that she's not nearly bothered enough by this. She's like, that. I know there's something wrong with me, and I don't want anyone else to find out. But of course, eventually, she's going to have to act out. And it's kind of interesting, because they do make her somewhat sympathetic. Full disclosure, I have not seen X. I wanted to see it before this, and I didn't have the opportunity. So I kind of knew a little bit going in. But essentially, I'm I'm the person watching this without any foreknowledge at all. Mm-hmm. And very quickly, you kind of piece together that, okay, this girl is troubled, and this is only going to get worse. Yeah, no, and it does. I, I, <laughs> there's a lot of Wizard of Oz imagery in this mm-hmm. thing. Oh, yeah. And I felt that it was more kind of like David Lynch. Mm-hmm. Especially in Blue Velvet, the colors were like the same. The reds, the house in Blue Velvet. You first see the house and everything's perfect, you know, and then they go deeper into the grass and deeper and yeah. deeper. And then you know, wait a minute, there's some shit that's going to happen here. And so I got, I really got that feeling yeah. uh, here. I mean, yeah. she sees everything through the lens of, of cinema and fantasy. Yeah. And when we get to that full-blown fantasy, it's really compelling because... You absolutely nailed something there, Sarah Jane, because right from the beginning, we are seeing her fantasy of what this life on this farm is. It's Mm -hmm. not the true reality. It's filtered through a very singular perspective. I feel like if I have a complaint about this, it's only I wish Ty West had gone farther with it. Mm. I feel I wish that he had just gone. You know what? This is an A24 film. This is never going to play in like a Cinemark theater somewhere. (laughs) Like I should go 
as far as I actually want to go. And reportedly, you know, we were just talking to our friend Richard after the film and he was going, he kind of got held back a lot after one of his earlier films. A lot of his shit like this was cut out of it and he's been more restrained for a period of films. And now he's slowly easing back into more abstract, more experimental. And you're like, dude, stick with the abstract and experimental. You're good at it. And I kind of, kind of felt like this is a movie that should have gone more Lynch in terms of that. Like, cause she is a disturbed person and we're watching her go from someone who you could go like something's wrong with her to oh fuck that chick is fucked up (laughs) you know by the end of the movie if we could visually more see that expand and i don't feel like we did to the degree that this film deserved glimpses but some of that could be also just like in the circumstances which this is made yeah it's like a tactile movie not a ton of time not a ton of budget you know it's like a bonus it's like in the few sequences where we are kind of seeing her fantasy play out and it's like an altered reality the movie really does sing in those moments but if there was more of that and like if the movie like literally broke into song or something you know like (laughs) there's definitely room to expand on that weirdness and playing with that balance ty west said that as far as i'm concerned if they let me i'm gonna make another one he wants this to be a whole franchise like he said uh, we were saying after it feels like there's another movie between this and x at least one and apparently he said that yeah actually they're that's fully if they let me i would make another one after that i'm just like okay it's a really interesting sequence to do part three part one and then do part two and i i kind of do look forward to that i mean honestly the only time i can think of anybody sort of wrapping up a film early and going well we're here we have time we got money and most of the cast let's just improvise a movie out of nowhere when Wayne Wang directed Smoke in the Night. I 90s, was going to say. Yeah. And then, you know, with basically with the leftover film, you know, they're like, hey, let's just call every actor friend you know in New York and, uh, you know, let's just improvise Blue in the Face. Blue in the Face, yeah. Which is very, you know, episodic. Actually, very... you know what else there is that most people don't realize? What? Near Dark was kind of that for Aliens. Was sure. the, yeah, leftover the leftover money crew. and like crew and everything like, right. hey, let's just make another movie. Yeah. But, <laughs> but in the case of, you know, blue in the face, it's very just thrown together. This is actually does feel like a solid, coherent story. You wouldn't believe that this was something they just kind of did on a whim. To me, it was much more interesting film than X was, which I did like X, but X is trying to be a throwback and is trying to feel like, well, what if like in the seventies, they were a little more permissive with what they could show? But it's still a 70s slasher well, horror film. Well, to yeah. me, but this a, is like a much weirder film. I, I agree with that, but I don't want to give that short shrift because it is weirder than those throwback horror movies. Like just who the, the killer is in that movie alone mm-hmm. is a twist on that idea. And the way there's like some scare scenes in X that play out, like that have a, a touch of this, like a much slower burn a weirder element of horror that it builds where it's not just like a jump scare. Yeah. Something like that. There's stuff in there, but this is a much weirder, I would say maybe more interesting movie. I think I liked X a little more, but if it was like reversed and it's like we made Pearl and then with the leftover money, we made X and this was X coming out now. Like, and my, and mostly because X is coming by surprise a little bit. Okay. And with this, I'm coming with some expectation. So um, to speak. Expectation. Expectation. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, I'm, I'm really into this one-two punch in general, like the the vibe in the world he's created. Yeah, and with Mia Goth, he was like incredible Which is in this weird movie because it's an incredibly simplistic setup in X in many ways, and this expands on the flavor of that and that character and who they are. I mean, like the surprise of X is not 
who the killers are so much as why they are doing what they're yeah. doing. And that you only get into that a little bit in the third act, yeah. but it's like, oh, this is interesting. I want more. Well, here's the more. And this turns out to be the most interesting thing about those characters is that why that it's a movie. This is a movie I would list on the movie about movies file. Cause it totally is in many ways, you know, but the mm-hmm. movies about the love of movies. So, you know, double feature with this in cinema paradisio. Yeah, of course. <laughs> As it should be. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, to go on to something you said earlier, Chris, I, I know that you wanted it to go further, and I think you do see it develop further as the character becomes increasingly unhinged. But I actually admired a lot of Ty West's restraint, because as Alan pointed out, he didn't have an unlimited amount of time or money. It's kind of a, they get this, you know, really rare shot to just kind of do something on the side and make the most of what they have. Uh, which is actually one of the themes of the movie. It's like, it's not about what you want. It's about doing with what you got. And that's exactly what they do. And I think it's very effective in that it's so restrained because it is so much about being a showcase for M- Mia Goth. Uh, you don't yeah. need to do a whole lot. You can just put the camera on her and, and they do multiple times. Can I just say that? Like, Let it play long. I thought that. Like she was very good next, but this is the film that is really will. If you've never been sold on Mia Goth, this is the movie you're going to go like, damn, that girl's pretty damn good. <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, it, it, in another context, if this was a mainstream, big budget film uh, that was not a horror film, yeah, we'd be talking about you know Oscar awards. Yeah, she has a monologue in here that's just absolutely tremendous yeah. like well, it's, so well done and it's if i it's a one or two it's a one or and yeah. it's just on her like and there's like a range of emotions that she's telling the story and it gets deeper and darker and weirder and it's it's quite a scene well why don't you go into your final thoughts i like this movie quite a bit it's hard for me to separate it from x because i saw x and it didn't blow me away but i was like man that was a really i saw it at south by and then it came out soon after that, and I took some friends. I was like, we should go check this out. Like, And then when I discovered soon after that, oh, there's another movie coming out, and it's coming out this year, which is insane. I was like, oh my god, this is like finding out Christmas is coming six months later. I'm really into Mia Goth. I've been into her for a while as a performer. This has really exceptional taste in movies. She's like a young actor who's not... She doesn't seem to be going for the superhero or the blockbuster or the prestige TV route. She's just picking interesting filmmakers. She was in High Life. That Claire Denis movie, she's in Suspiria. She's just making weird movies, you know? Mm-hmm. And she's being a weirdo in them and being, like, great in them. So, if anything, just for her performance, it's just a really unique horror movie. I'm really into it. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 pet alligators. <laughs> Sarah? I saw that Ty West and Mia Goth wrote this together. And so, I feel like this was just a showcase for her. You know, more than anything else, but then they got to do some cool, you know, murders. Um, (laughs) So I remember her from Emma, and this character is like the total opposite of that one. She's really good with accents because, you know, she's English, but you can't really tell that here at all. I can't spot her accent. So she's really great, and... How long did that monologue go? Was it like four minutes? It was long. Yeah. But it was mesmerizing. At one point, I was like, oh, I should have timed this. And then I kept thinking, okay, he's going to cut. He's got to cut here. And then I'm like, oh, you fucker. You get going. (laughs) So I really love Ty West. He's one of the directors that even if I don't particularly love the movie, um, I'm still looking forward to what he's going to have for me. I was at South by also at the premiere. And so that room was like super buzzing for X. I mean, everybody just loved it. And I felt kind of weird because I did like it, but I wasn't like, oh, this is like four star, five stars. No, you know, 
but I liked it. I gotta live with this one a little bit. It was like super overwhelming almost. It was really intense. Again, for me, a goth, amazing. I'm gonna give this eight pitched fork geese. Marco? I've said this before, but one day in the very near future, there's going to be whole books about cinema of the COVID era. And this certainly belongs in there. Films that either, you know, were made under COVID conditions and were impacted or, you know, thematically are reflecting what was going on at the time. And this movie definitely belongs in any of those books. It not only touches on the COVID era, it takes advantage of the fact that, hey, we're all stuck in a completely foreign country to us and we've got nothing else to do but sit it out and while we're here let's just make a fucking movie that shouldn't work but it did i was really really impressed by this and largely it does come down to mia goth's performance i haven't seen x so nothing's really spoiled for me there and i didn't have any big expectations other than i knew this was going to be kind of a leaner quickly made film on the fly and you wouldn't know it this really does feel coherent It's thought out, it is well-constructed, and brilliantly performed uh, by everyone in the cast. I mean, everybody does good work in here, but obviously Mia Goth is the star attraction. She has a final moment that is so long and uncomfortable, it will elicit uncomfortable laughter uh, from audiences. And I keep thinking to myself, if this were a Nicolas Cage performance, there'd be 38,000 Tumblr sites dedicated to his brilliance. And... I just don't think she's going to get enough credit for what she did here. I mean, this is really, really uh, working at a very high level. Just as a showcase for an actor, it's it's fantastic. Do I want to watch it again? I'm not in a big hurry to do that. But I'm very glad I saw it. Uh, I have to give this 8.5 out of 10 top hats from a scarecrow. Wow. <laughs> uh, the only thing I think I get from you guys is that I never really cared for Mia Goth before this film. I like her okay in X, but I feel like I don't really like her younger character in X. I'm like, whatever, you're just another annoying young person and I think it's going to get killed in a horror movie. And the older one's so (laughs) covered with makeup and she's not in it that much that it's kind of hard to have a judgment on her performance. But I have not really cared for Mia Goth overall. I've always found her. Maybe it's because she's weird looking chick. She (laughs) plays really weird performances. There's something about her that's so inherently off-putting that I'm off-put by it. <laughs> like like an Emma. I remember seeing her going, I don't like her. <laughs> uh, I, I'm glad you remember oh. She's great in Emma, too. Yeah. Yeah, I is. mean, I don't think... I never said, wow, she's a bad actress, but just like, I just didn't connect with her. Here, I'm like, oh, this is the most perfectly cast part for Mia Goth. She is perfect for this role. And it is. This is a big coming out part. I'm, I'm, I got her back now. I'm with you. I'm with you, Mia. This is, this is the one. Then maybe it's because she knows what needed to be written for her to show off what she's good at, the type of role she needs to play, uh, you know, as she did co-write this. But yeah, this is a solid little weird movie that belongs in a very rare camp of horror films from the viewpoint of female antagonists. There's mm-hmm. a handful at best of these where the, I mean, there's lots of final girl films, very few female bad characters, and the film is all from their viewpoint. There's like what, like Ginger Snaps and May and. Is that I, evil I, Annabelle Lee doll? I don't think that counts. <laughs> She's the a doll. antagonist. <laughs> I got a little bit of Carrie out of this too. A little like bit the of Carrie. mother. Yeah. It was when the scene was happening. But Carrie is different because she's a hundred percent a totally sympathetic character till the very last scene of that. Oh sure, film. yeah. You know, but this just, not so much. Yeah, just the <laughs> dynamic of the mother and her when they were starting to confront yeah. each other. Well, this is definitely influenced by 
of many of its uh, antecedents, no question. Yeah. Like, a, there's a lot of stuff you'll see here filtering in, especially if you are, like, you know, a horror aficionado. But it doesn't really matter. It is its own thing. It's kind of charming and wonderful in its way. It's not going to be for absolutely everyone, but I think that even people I know who, and I know a few people who did not care for X at all, are going to like this yeah that's one thing i would want to say is like if, if you absolutely hated x you might not dig this but if you like were just like luke woolmonner it's like yeah whatever i would encourage you to check this out it's a it's in a similar spirit but it's a very different it's like, tone. made so differently yeah it's and a very I different like style I, that's the you know the details are everything and here it, they really are what elevates us is, is that it's the this big old-fashioned hollywood score and way of filming it and some of the way they, they perform things and the exploration of a young female's burgeoning sexual sexuality that comes out in some disturbing but not traditionally disturbing ways like we've seen scenes <laughs> about that before but this is odd it might scare some of y'all a little <laughs> bit i think this is great i really do i'm also i'm going to be processing it for a while i think as sarah said like i need a i need a bit to think about it more i want to read think pieces about it it's one of those movies i don't think it's a masterpiece or anything i'm not no. saying that because it's not it's flawed there are problems here but they're not glaring problems. Ty West, who's always worked sort of under the table in this horror field, but has been one of our notable highlights in the indie horror field. This is one of his best films. And I think good enough and partially part because he's working with A24 that it might get noticed by people who don't normally bother to pay attention to horror films and yeah. go, wow, that's actually pretty solid. So all that being said, I'm going to give this a seven and three quarters. Fuck, I hate that I'm doing that, but I'm so stuck between seven and a half and See, eight. It's um, hard. What is this, like a train platform? A <laughs> right? It's a fucking rating. Well, you have to look at it sideways to watch oh, it and walk right it into <laughs> it. So, uh, seven and three quarters out of ten. Very difficult close-ups of Mia Goss face to watch for the last two minutes or so. Because <laughs> you're just like, you're like, ha, ha, and you're looking, you have to start looking away because it's yeah. so awkward. I know, I really, I really wanted to get into like the the last 15 minutes of this movie, but I don't want to spoil anything because no. I think it's yeah. a really daring way to end your movie. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a cool it's, it's a cool movie. It's pretty stark. 